Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about online courses, how you can set up, create, launch, advertise, and many other things with your course. By the way, I'm going to launch my SEO course soon. That's why I'm interested about this topic, because I work hard to create this course with many prominent experts, plus 20 experts help me with that, including Lily Rage, Jeff Coyle, Mike Phillips, many others. So I'm so excited to launch this course soon. And of course, I want to know how to promote and get uh, a lot of insights with this course. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Gleb Bakhmutov. How are you? I'm excellent, Anatoly. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, big pleasure. You told me before the podcast that you are from Moldova. It's interesting. Yes. I know about this small country because it's, uh, you know, I have two citizens, uh, Ukrainian and uh, Moldova, <laughs> because my uh, dad is from Moldova. So, yeah, uh, I Love it. Uh, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us your skills and knowledge on this podcast. I am from Moldova. Always was interested in math, physics, and computer science. I uh, went to college for computer degree. Kind of kept studying. Uh, did a doctoral thesis in computer vision, where you stitch panoramas. Uh, I was doing Google's review. Street view panorama tours for interiors like hotels, restaurants, and we were supplying both Google Street View and Bing Maps at the same time because we could do interiors while they could only drive around. And then at some point, kind of had to do a lot of testing, right? We were working at different startups and we were doing all sorts of shenanigans where if your website doesn't work, right, you don't get paid at all right if you're only selling a web application service well it better work so at some point because i found javascript to be pretty interesting language i kind of started looking at you know ways to test websites ways to test uh, back-end code and there was a great convergence if you know javascript you can write front-end code, back-end code, microservices, program, embedded devices, program, robots, anything you want, right? And so at some point, I completely switched from anything to do with data visualization or image processing to just being a specialist at like writing front-end code and testing front-end code. Mm -hmm. And about maybe seven years ago, I was lucky to go to a company that worked on tooling for other developers. It was Cypress.io open source test runner, which kind of really worked well with my passion of like, hey, I just want to write code that others will use, right? I don't want to write a lot of private code, right? But I want to write a lot of utilities that anyone can look at the code, use it, or right, and, and if they find it useful. So that's what I find myself doing right now. I work at a large company responsible for web application testing for their front-end. Mercurio is, is online marketplace. Again, if a website doesn't work, it's pretty bad, right? So we run a lot of tests. And that's where mm -hmm. I am today. Nice, nice. Love it, love it. Uh, can you tell how to 
improve uh, cooperation between content creators and web developers because you know from my experience is yeah, sometimes we don't understand each other and uh, i provide a lot of tasks to web developers but not of them can be implemented because of many other things. I understand so uh, that things happen, it's hard to do anything, but uh, it's important to uh, get priorities and something like this. Any insights, tips about that? Because it's not only my issue. I think many uh, website owners uh, have the same issue uh, cooperating with web developers. So help them <laughs> how to find a much better yeah. way of cooperation. <laughs> I think my advice will apply to any developer or any on any company really selling something, um, including the services. If you're working on something and you have competitors, like you should, then the people will not pick your product based on precise technical, you know, invention, right? Very, it's very rare where the things are so different where you're like, obviously, I'll use tool X instead of everything else. Usually, the tools are somewhat similar right so the only people or like the only way people pick your tool is even know how to use it right there are lots of examples in programming for the web framework libraries you name it where a tool won because it had superior documentation right because other people could easily start using it so my advice is figure out that it's not whatever you write in, in code that matters it's mm -hmm. can people successfully use your tool or your product or your website to solve the problems they have right and how do they know how to do that if they can read about it find it find videos whatever it is right so understand your biggest advantage is good documentation content on a website support tutorials whatever exercises right and the second thing writing or solving the problem is actually much much harder than describing how to use your tool right because you're describing what you already done so mm -hmm. if you have for example an hour to invest you probably should invest it in improving documentation and so when i joined cypress as the vp of engineering we probably invested one fifth of our time, everyone, every engineer had to update documentation, write new tutorials, update, you know, advice, best practices, API docs with every feature. Like it was a must. You could not just say, okay, we'll document it later. Because this is the biggest, I would say, um, return on your time investment, describing what you've done and how people can use it. And once you understand mm -hmm. it, then there's really no question about it yeah okay i think we can discuss more about uh, the web development because i have a bunch of questions about that but let's get back to the main topic about courses can you yeah. tell how to uh, to create your course and how to advertise course uh, because you know i see when companies create courses for the sake of having them without providing any value or just uh, replicate similar existing courses uh, but I, i'm not sure the students need uh, one more course uh, if they have similar courses any insights tips how to create a unique course <laughs> i would say go with what you know the best right in your professional life 
no matter what technology you're working with, you probably know something very well and use it a lot and a lot. But then you have to kind of take it to the next level. I think before you can write a course, you have to probably try answering, you know, community questions in any support channel. For example, uh, when I worked at Cypress, we had online Gitter channel, then Discord channel, Slack channels, right? And, and I would see the questions and I would usually answer them, right? Helping people. And at some point you see the same questions again and again. So then you realize that you cannot answer or keep answering the same question again and again. So you update the documentation, fine, right? That scales your output. And then sometimes you have these questions where you're like, okay, I have to do extra work to actually answer it, right? And you can answer it with a blog post and then send the link, right? Maybe I would record a video. So I started and blogging maybe eight years ago. And my personal blog has like 500 blog posts. And so I would usually write uh, for longer questions, longer answers, I would write a blog post and just give it away, right? And just say, hey, you can find it, here's the link. Then I started recording YouTube videos, like short videos, just like showing, here's how you do this. Again, I have four, probably 300 or 400 videos on my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Again, just giving it away. You must do it before you even should think about a paid course, right? Because it allows you to do two things. First of all, you get better at writing and recording videos, right? Like writing blog posts, recording videos. And second, you will learn what topics to cover in your paid course, right? Otherwise, you can completely mistarget whatever you create and try to sell because you'll record a bunch of lessons and then figure out, well, nobody's actually asking for it, right? So try give away content practice before you attempt to actually monetize it. So I created my courses only last year while I've been teaching workshops and, and doing, you know, all this blogging and conference talks and YouTube videos for a long time before that, right? And at some point I realized another thing, like what actually prompted me to try to make a paid course. If you're a developer and you want to, for example, you know, have passive income, right? In addition to your day job, you think, oh, I have skills, I can teach people, whatever. You have to own your own brand, right? You have to own your own name, so to speak. Uh, and I'll give you an example. If you go to and do a workshop at a conference, which is what a bunch of developers do, uh, the conference right away will subtract all its expenses for the room, for any kind of setup, electronics, everything. And then they take 50% of the remaining money. So, you might think, oh, I just taught a group of 20 developers, right? It's good money. But in reality, you get less than half, right? Because it's, people come for conference training, right? You are a star. But so at some point, you realize if you own your own brand, if, if, you, if people come to see you, right, then it actually becomes profitable, right? It becomes really financially meaningful uh, transaction. And... When COVID happened, Anatoly, right? There was a huge switch, right? All of a sudden, everything went online and the conferences became online and people not actually not started accepting online training a lot more. Before, 
I probably maybe taught one or two workshops online and it was always like, oh, okay, we have to do it because we, we cannot <laughs> tra travel, right? But with COVID, all of a sudden, like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Online training, here's a Zoom link, you know, Google Meetup, whatever, right? And here's a Stripe, everyone pays, and I get, you know, the financial reward. Like, it, it completely switched to, you know, the whole financial math. And so for me, it became, okay, so people know me from all the blogging and YouTube videos. People know me from workshop. I see that they accept online learning. So now, how can I take it to the next step where I don't have to actually do it again and again? I can record the content and now set it up as a course. Here's the same Stripe link. The learning is online. The video recording, the content, it's all been practiced before, right? I know what I'm doing, right? Now let me just maybe polish it up, think about the structure and create something that covers a lot more ground than like one video or a single blog post. And that's what prompted me to go into, uh, you know, creating paid courses. And by the way, so I have three courses on my you know, courses page. One of them is completely free, right? Great course. And the two are paid. But even in the paid courses, I have free lessons, right? Kind of like, you know, just to give people a taste of what is this, how it works, what it covers, right? So make sure even if a course is paid, there is a lot more content, right? that people can use right away. Ooh, I, I've been talking a lot, Antoli. I'm sorry if I ramble. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I love it. I love it because, you know, you mentioned that you filmed 400 videos on YouTube. It's a lot. No, yeah, I, I can imagine uh, how much time it takes, you know, to film so much videos. By the way, I usually recommend my customers audience about uh filming videos if you want to become great i don't know like youtuber or uh tiktoker you need to be consistent you need to film yes. a lot of videos and without experience i don't know uh, you know it's interesting that many marketers tell you need to create only high quality content i disagree mm -hmm. with that if you have no uh experience how you can create high quality valuable content without experience it's the same like yeah. uh, when kids uh, say the first word or make yeah. the first step you can't do it yeah. right without experience so i usually recommend a uh, film 100 bad videos when yeah. you film 100 bad videos you can get experience confidence and only after that you can create high quality uh, content so uh, i love it that you right. have 400 videos a lot can you tell how to find ideas for 400 videos it's a lot so any insights yeah. where you get these ideas and why your videos are better than existing ones so yeah anything about that it's a it's a great question like i said if, if you are part of community for example if you if you have a topic in, in commerce product technology and you visit the chat rooms right you answer people's questions when if someone struggles you answer questions that gives you the ideas that's where i take pretty much 99 percent of the topics for each video i was like oh wait how would i do that well let me actually maybe show it right and sometimes showing it means writing a blog post 
but majority of times for shorter answers you're like okay let me just show you like two five minute video right just record it show it right i have already like the tools set up everything i record it um remove silences using recut and i upload it to youtube give a good description right and then i post it on my playlist where people who subscribe and i post the link answering the person's questions and that might prompt follow-up questions right plus the youtube right i actually people say that the comments on youtube and everything are very negative my 400 videos i will tell you 99 percent of videos have 100 percent likes right like it's maybe because self-selected audience but anyway people comment and they sometimes post follow-up questions or like oh but how do i do that right and that is the influx of questions and i take all the questions that i think are interesting and could be potential topics and i literally have a text document where i just save it for the future right you know how to do this would be great video you know thing right um so i just have maybe like hundred potential topics for these short videos right just in a text document and i can add it just throw it there for a future anyway and i want to point out something that you said or come come back even if you think you're bad at a video right or, or like don't try to get a perfect video answering someone's question right away just record it right post it it might be enough to actually help that person right it might be enough for someone else to find later and if you want you can always revisit it right you can record another video right if you figure out what you've done bad how to make the video better it's fine sometimes i record a video and i look at that as like uh like i see like what i've done wrong right and it could be technical it, it could be topic it could be where you realize oh wait i forgot to mention something I'll just record another video. It's fine. You are allowed to revisit the same topic and improve on your previous work. That's normal. Like, don't try to strive for perfection. Yeah, I had perfection. You know, <laughs> if you ask me, I had perfection because uh, perfection doesn't exist. You know, and yeah. many content creators compare themselves to prominent uh, yeah. influencers experts for example how i can create high quality content uh, like uh, mr beast now he <laughs> spent years of creating this content yeah. right now he has a team of specialists who can help him you know to create these awesome videos but he started filming videos yeah. on his web camera he yeah. didn't use anything because he couldn't allow smartphone to uh you know to film videos if you yeah. have smartphone you have a lot more than Mr. Peace had no, in some time. Uh, just do your job. And for me, it's more important context, not uh, nice looking design, not, uh, uh, you know, uh, for example, uh, you can create a nice looking design, but without the right context, you can't get any insights because people uh, uh, are smart enough to recognize the value of video. So it's better to yeah. think about context. And then if you can, provide nice looking design just do it if you can that's okay no worries about that just do your job when you have resources you can okay let's talk about your courses you mentioned three courses one of them is free i love it interesting i'll check out <laughs> uh, can you give me and my audience a strong reason 
to take your courses or your unique selling proposition why your courses are better than existing ones uh, so any insights about your courses and uh, yeah tell us why we need to spend time with your courses what kind of value and benefits we can get from that so one of the things that i've done at cypress so my topics are web application testing using cypress mm -hmm. test runner you know test your website your web app uh, there are a lot of existing courses, right? And I, uh, you know, Cypress as a company hosts a page with all the links. That's fine. What majority of online training courses are really is someone talking to you and showing this is how I do X, this is how I do Y, and when I move to Z, fine. No, I set up to write a course where it would be exercise, like hands-on, like you have to do it, right? So from like day one, my courses are structured as a lesson. Here's our goal. Here's our starting code. Now try to achieve like this goal yourself. No cheating, mm -hmm. right? Kind of like try doing it yourself. Here's a starting repository. So th that's why my first course like was testing network using Cypress exercises, right? Each lesson starting code. And then you scroll down when you're ready and here's my solution and a video showing me writing the solution and kind of talking about it. So the hands-on part is very different. It's much easier to record your own thing and then just post the videos and maybe some description without even source code. But I wanted people to actually see how it works, right? By like trying making mistakes, trying to see how like, the test reacts, what do they see so they can really learn it hands on so that was number one and second i wanted an advanced course right a lot of courses for technologies libraries they are pretty basic and which is fine right it's a pyramid a majority of people start with basic and that's probably enough but i wanted something a little bit more advanced so two out of three courses that are paid I would tag them advanced, like really, you should know the basics before you attempt them. Otherwise you'll just struggle and give up. So these are the two things why I really wanted something else. Cause like, I really wanted to like answer complicated question. And I want everyone to kind of practice and learn. And mm -hmm. maybe one other thing that is unusual about my course, if I can add, I started a course and I had kind of layout of like the topics I wanted to cover. And I was like, okay, probably 30 lessons, right? So 30 lessons, I finished the course and then, and we can, we should come back to this. You want to build a community around this, but the community came back and said, what about this? And what about that? And I started adding bonus lessons. Like, yeah, if you pay for a course, here's all the bonus, right? And so I had 30 main lessons. And now I have more than 60 bonus lessons, right? So the course grew three times the size that I originally planned and only based on feedback. And I came back and it's like, oh yeah, maybe this would be a good lesson or exercise, right? So my course is unusual because it's, it's keep growing, right? I, yeah. I, I don't see when I would stop really, as long as like this topic is still there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. Okay, let's talk about the format. Uh, you mentioned uh, that you have uh, quite different format, but I'm interested about the length. For example, uh, 
I asked Lily Ray uh, to uh, film a video for my course, yeah. uh, a short video uh, about EAT, uh, Expertise Authority Trust. And he reply, yeah. uh, she replied to me that I don't know how to teach people uh, in short video about EAT, so it takes yeah. uh, longer. But, you know, I check out many courses about SEO uh, consist of short videos. Um, I try to learn from them because I have experience, I open and got it no way. I, I, I can't get the right knowledge with short videos. Of course, students love this format. Of course, students uh, prefer this format, but I don't know how to get the right skills from short videos. It's popular today. Uh, with entertainment goes anything, but I don't know how to add all valuable insights in short videos. Tell about your format how you teach do you uh, use long videos short videos if you use short videos so how you decide this problem to transfer all important data um i will disagree with anatoly but i think there should be a balance right um yeah. my course each lesson it, it's not a college lesson right it's not 45 minutes or 130 minutes no i try to stay under maybe eight minutes in a video right usually mm -hmm. like i just want to cover one exercise right maybe with a couple of steps in it but like one exercise like do this right but how long it takes you because it's hands-on right i'm asking you to try to solve it yourself honestly i think if you know the topic you probably can do it in 20 minutes right maybe 10 minutes yourself then watch the video and then maybe revisit your solution to kind of if it gives you ideas. So the content itself, each lesson under eight minutes, but it should take you longer to try to figure out because I have a lot of links to and a lot of tips where I say before you try to do it, maybe look at this right uh, link, maybe read this mm -hmm. blog post, right? Maybe review this like particular command documentation, right? So I, I try to stay on the shorter side. But then again, I try to group lessons so they kind of cover similar topics. So you, you can do one after another. But I, I want to talk about something else here, which like you remind me of. Mm -hmm. People learn, right, online courses, probably not in one. I'm going to sit on Tuesday and I'm going to finish this course from beginning to the end. I don't think that's very productive, right? It's not a workshop where you just go in and you study and when you come out of your head, like about to explode. You probably want to do one, two exercises of my course per day, right? Every workday, you just do a couple, maybe you finish the course. And what I suggest also in a couple of weeks, revisit it and kind of like, do I still remember how to do this? Maybe you'll remember most, but maybe something you'll forget, just revisit, right? I think it will stick in your mind right much better if you don't force yourself to sit the whole day and trying to learn 50 things and then immediately forget them so small mm -hmm. chunks yeah yeah got it okay let's talk about uh, uh practice for example you know if i learn something i can forget about new skills uh, for a few hours you know because of my short memory yeah. And uh, I see when many uh, people overlearn. No, they learn a lot, but do nothing. You know, uh, in some day, these skills might be obsolete. 
because technologies are coming fast, uh, we need to consider new texts. Uh, and uh, for me, it's more important not to learn. It's more important to practice, to do something. And um, if I choose something, uh, I usually uh, get uh, the right skills uh, for a short time and then practice them. Uh, tell about how to implement skills that you share on your course how to do something not to uh, just learn because for me learning only shows the door that you need to open uh, like in this uh, movie matrix but uh, when you uh, get this knowledge you need to implement to test them to analyze to find what actually works for you probably to change something because um, the, uh, for example, uh, if you are talking about SEO, it's huge. No, I can't yeah. cover all aspects about SEO, but I can choose uh, priorities with my, my strong side. Uh, tell about uh, leading your students in the right direction with practice, uh, not just learning. So what, what I try to do is to, to do two things. One. I'm trying to make sure that people know the basics of what to read before they attempt an exercise hands-on, right? Mm -hmm. So every lesson, I have lots of links to the commands that I think they should use to implement the exercise, right? So that you come prepared. Second is the exercise itself, right? Hands-on exercises is much better. Uh, I try to kind of think of this as little, like, you know, not even calculus, but little math problems from your textbook, right? I explain it a little bit, and then you practice, 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 kind of like simple, right? But this kind of, you know, repetition. Here's the problem, solve it. Here's this problem, but slightly tweaked, solve it. Here's this problem, second part, solve it, right? So you solve mm -hmm. it, and then I show the solution so you can kind of see what I think and explain, which makes, you know, you think, have you used the same thing? Did you do something else? You can ask me questions right after that, you know, on, on like our Discord channel. And people suggest alternative solutions all the time, right? And sometimes I update the lessons, and which is one other thing. You're allowed to update your lessons, right? <laughs> and just say, mm -hmm. here's another solution. That's fine. And the most important thing, I told you, I think I'm trying to do a lot. I'm trying to tell the students here's where you will find answers later, right? Like from my course, like the, you can forget everything that I said in the course. You'll forget everything I taught you during the workshop during the day. But if you remember where to find documentation and answers, I think that's the most important thing, like how to be, you know, good, I would say knowledge searcher, right? Where mm -hmm. for, for my particular technology, where to find answers right that's the most important thing so that when you later come back and you're like oh i forgot how to do this thing oh but i know where to find it that's it right that's it mm -hmm. yeah okay got it uh let's talk about mistakes uh once i uh, listened to an audio podcast with shaquille anil <laughs> and um he uh, shared about mistakes. Someone asked him uh, how he handles mistakes. And he replied that uh, he always makes mistakes when uh, he implements something new. But he doesn't feel uh, them. Uh, he, he can't call them mistakes. He can call them 
knowledge, you know, skills. Yeah. Uh, because uh, if you do something new, you will do mistakes. Uh, th that's part of the process. But if you learn from them, you can implement, adapt, and go ahead. So can you list your mistakes that you did by implementing courses? And uh, what you've learned from them, how you improved, adapt, and uh, go ahead uh, with the right uh, approaches. Uh, I just wanna, you know, share uh, with my audience uh, something that they can avoid by learning from you, from your experience, and uh, yeah, to find just much better way. <laughs> um, I, I did two things that I think were wrong at, at the time, right? And uh, I, I now avoid them completely. It, this were not my first attempt at paid courses. Long time ago, Echa.io, which is a great online training platform with lots of great quality courses, asked me to record a course. And it was brutal. Like I, I was trying to record something and we were going back and forth with like Echa.io editors where they're like, oh, no, you, you post too much. That was unclear. Uh, you did not show this. Like we were constantly battling over editing the videos, so that we can produce like a video that's like completely perfect, no pauses, like incredibly like content intensive, right? And it was very frustrating. And at some point, I was trying to say, okay, well, I have to plan each lesson, and I have to like literally write down what I'm gonna say and plan my movements like of my mouse on the screen, so it's all perfect and go like. And it was exhausting. Like you would spend hours just to record a five-minute video, and it was so robotic. Because like you can say, but I was like, um, and then ABC, uh, two, one. Like you can see, like I'm, I'm, like I'm just reading something. I'm not trying to like move my code around. Like at the same time, like it did not work. And it was both like the focus of editing that I think was too strict. And second, like the tools and how I was trying to record this perfect five-minute video were just wrong, okay? So now I, I decided not to use, I had write myself, right? And just try to do it my, my own way. And I decided instead of trying to make this perfect video that completely is, is flawless, right? Mm -hmm. I'll record a video where if I take a couple of seconds and I pause and to think what to say next, it's fine. Right. I actually use software that automatically removes pauses. So my videos like I re really actually short because there are no like pauses. Sometimes I actually add pauses because otherwise it's just <laughs> weird, right? Like no rest for five minutes, just code flying around. So if you cannot like re remember everything, right, what to do when you record a half an hour lesson, right? Maybe don't do that. I learned the hard way. I spent so many hours trying to do that. Now I decided, okay, I'm just going to use different technical tools. And if my videos, you know, are not completely perfect, right? It's fine too, right? And if this platform has requirements that are very, very strict and I just find myself frustrated trying to match them, or maybe that's not the right platform, right? And so I, I went my own way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, Gleb, I have the question about, uh, let's imagine you started from scratch, 
without any experience, knowledge, skills. Uh, what will you do today uh, about launching courses? Okay, so you have to think about a couple of things right away, right? You think about, you need to think about content, right? What can you explain? What do you know, right? Yourself, right? That other developers will find useful. And I'll tell you where I would take my ideas, right? Because I have blog. I actually know the traffic to each blog post. And by far, just by far, my most popular blog post is something I wrote for myself explaining how to set up code formatting using a little utility called Prettier. Like, uh, it's unbelievable. Everything else I do is like here, this little throwaway blog post about some, something like this Prettier is like number one on Google for that particular topic. So if I were doing a stretch, I was like, okay, yeah, this seems like to be very popular. I would record a course on that content. The second thing you want to do is like, where will you put it, right? As I said, you want to own your own name. So try to maybe make your own website under your own name because then you own everything. Nobody will you know, scream at you, demand from you anything, right? It's like you, you own timelines, everything. So I, I have my own website, cypress.tips for Cypress courses. So that's obvious. Mm-hmm. Third, think about payments, right? And this whole payment system, because it's complicated, right? Uh, you probably will have to think about, you know, Stripe, right? Access, emails. And the last thing you have to consider right away, you need your own audience of fans. You want people who enjoy the course to, uh, or have questions to have a place to chat about it, to ask you questions, right? People who will become fans of you if it's successful, right? So I've been building a Substack, right? By using a monthly newsletter that gives me wide audience for announcement. I created a Discord uh, channel. So if you subscribe, you know where to find me later so you can ask questions. So think about the audience as well. After you cover the topic, your own name, um, how to actually technically set it up, right? And then the, the last one is the community that you want to actually nurture from the very beginning. Yeah, nice, valuable, valuable. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have the final question. Uh, can you predict the future? Uh, what kind of future will be? Uh, uh, in uh, courses industry because today it's popular, so popular. Yeah. But many things are coming, metaverse, I don't know, virtual reality, any other stuff. So your prediction about the future uh, and is it a good idea today to start courses uh, because uh, future can change anything? <laughs> yeah. So I think it depends a lot on the topic, right? If we were doing like a painting courses, what would be different? I think the painting courses actually will be very much like they are today, right? Someone like shows you and you try to repeat it. For me, my exercises, right, is something that you code on your own laptop, right, following me. But I think a lot of courses in the future will actually provide a lot more infrastructure. So think about if you want to learn how to code an e-commerce website, 
right? What I envision in the future, you'll log in somewhere and there'll be everything already set up. So you'll, through your browser, by watching a video, you'll be able to practice and see everything. So you don't have to set up databases, everything, right? On your local machine. Like you wanna be right there in your browser. That will allow me as an instructor to control a lot more. So you will have a better experience, right? And not get stuck because I see a lot of people starting with beginning, but then getting stuck trying to go to the next step, okay? And another thing, I think there'll be a lot more people exploring how do I combine static courses, right? Like something that like published with online instruction, right? So think about like uh, study groups, right? Where, okay, we're gonna take a course, but then all of us will have like a study session together on Discord, like every Monday at 6 p.m., right? With instructor, where we can ask questions, go through the exercise together and, and do like a study. So I think a lot more people will explore and think of courses, not as like one off thing. I've finished it, it's published, I'm done. That's it, I'll never <laughs> see it again. No, they'll say, okay, the course is evolving. We, like there is a new group of students, we're gonna study and some sessions will be live and maybe there'll be like some workshop, right? At some point with instructor, we will go into the details. And one other thing that I tried and I was partially successful, the companies will start using courses that are online, almost like interviewing or training. Right now, a lot of courses are like, yeah, I'm trying to get better. So it looks better on my resume, I'll get next job. In my course, for example, I sell interview kit. So if someone comes in and they claim they know how to do this particular topic, they can buy my interview kit with extra questions and my answers and what to look for and points of discussions that you can use to interview the candidate, all right? So I see a lot of training where at the end a company can purchase something else so they can evaluate how well you know the topic, all right? which can also be used after you join the company to actually upskill you and kind of have like final thing. And not just like a certificate that anyone can generate, you know, it's just a static image. Like I can fake a certificate <laughs> for any topic, right? But something mm -hmm. to actually go into detail and really prove that you know the skills, right? And you know what you're talking about. Nice, nice. Love it, love it. Gleb, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you, take your courses as well. <laughs> so you can find everything, well, by searching for my name, Gleb Akhmutov or glebakhmutov.com. But everything I do related to these topics we covered is at cypress.tips. And I can post it in a probably in the private chat so we mm -hmm. can share it later cypress.tips that's where all my courses links to videos um your, your own uh, checklist of cypress training skills right is there so you can evaluate yourself even some fun things like you know quizzes uh, are there uh so that's where you can find everything 
nice guys you can find all these links in the description below listen us on apple google spotify thanks again for your time a big pleasure welcome back anytime share more valuable insights i love it guys you need to take these courses you need to follow gleb because you can see a lot of value okay guys i love you see you thanks for listening to this entire podcast Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.